0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity. It's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbagger. The Rockpile Report. Oh, uh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors
2: at banquet beers out of spite. The pettiest, hardest drinking bills podcast.
1: I'll go to Helen back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And we're here doing the same thing that every other idiot with a microphone and a camera and maybe a YouTube account, maybe not, is doing this time of year. We're talking about free agency. And I think the problem that I have with a lot of this discourse just stems from the fact that I'm tired. (laughs) I'm fucking tired. I think that what happens here... It is February. Well, some of that... But I take vitamin D supplements. Like, that's supposed to help with the... What do they call that? Seasonal disorder? I guess. Seasonal whatever. I I don't know. Whatever it is where you don't get to see the sun. But the sun was out today. I feel fine. It's a nice day. I'm just mentally tired when it comes to the sport of football. And I think some of it comes from this, Chris. Remember how excited we used to get about things that we thought mattered? Yeah. (laughs) There's a thing that happens to you when you've been doing this for as long as Chris and I have. Where every year I sit down and I try to get myself amped up for free agency. And then I do the thing that any smart person would do, and I look back over what my life has been, and I think to myself, okay, what? What did I learn from the last decade? <laughs> what have I learned over the course of the last, you know, almost decade of trying to create content? Some of it's that much of the things we're gonna talk about this offseason mean nothing in the big picture. And when you see it through that lens, it makes it hard to really act like I care. Now, that's just me. There's a lot of people who are working really hard to bring you guys, Bill fans, a ton of content. Chris, Joe Marino has a daily podcast. Correct. The guys at cover one do a weekly show. Correct. Bruce Nolan still spinning his plates every single week. Yep. Half the time, he's just talking about philosophy. Like... His podcast is one of those that, while I enjoy it, sometimes he loses me, and I think it's because he's, it's one of these things where, now you and I know him, we've met him, that's kind of a, it, it is a cool thing, I know I always say it, and it annoys people We've met his wife we met his wife, we've met them in person, they've been in Chris's house, having conversations with us uh, just things like there's a part of me that wanted to almost just now make a comment about the, like a something that he was wearing on his shirt that I was like, see, you are a person. But I don't want to divulge that because the man's obviously private. What business is it of mine, what he calls himself or what he wants to do? I think my favorite thing is always, well, did you ask him his real name? No. <laughs> Why? Because what do I care? I I. I was a barfly for years. I would get annihilated with people who I only knew by nicknames. <laughs> it didn't matter. I didn't need to know his name. I just knew he was here and he was a decent human being. Someone I could have a couple cocktails and talk to. That's what we do here, isn't it? Yeah. I I try listening to his show, and it's all about philosophy being applied to the sport of football. But he'll get so high level that I sometimes just like I can't follow it. And I tune out. Now I know that, like, literally, you put pen to paper. He's probably smarter than me. Like, if we had to take an IQ test and put it up next to each other, it's. I think all people, you would
2: have, all you would have to do. I think people would just be surprised. No one You be, and him next to each other, and you just look at them, and you go, "This guy <laughs> over here clearly has a higher IQ than the guy that has I think does not funny have straight thing, teeth."
1: I think the funny thing is that if we were to do an IQ test next to each other, people would be more surprised that my number was as close to his as it was versus where they expected us both to be. With that being said, there's just a lot that goes into this. And over the years, I've learned that you rush to be the first or you rush to make your points and fill up the air. And I don't have that desire anymore. I don't. I love what we do in the offseason. I love the way we do it. And I also love the conversations. because right now, if I go to work and one of my coworkers goes, hey, what do you think about so-and-so in free agency? I'm going to hit them with the same thing I'm going to give you guys tonight. The free agent pool is not settled. And in that way, I try to – I hesitate. I give it at least a week. I like to get outside of a couple things before I really try to make a determination as far as what – I feel and what I think and who I think and where, just how this all goes. You know, it it really is interesting. And there's a couple, right? Like, every team is out there trying to get into cap compliance. Every team is trying to figure out what they have to work with ahead of free agency. This is the same time of year. Like, like think about the way that we talk about Darnell Mooney right now. In the Bills fan base, Darnell Mooney's name is everywhere on social media. There's been full scale breakdowns of his film and his potential and all these things. I don't marry myself to a player. It's more of an idea. right? Because you need to find someone and the idea you might have, your GM might have another idea, almost akin to where your parents come in and say, You're like, hey, mom, can we get McDonald's? And she goes, nah, we got McDonald's at home. And you get home and it's a burger patty on two pieces of white bread and oven toasted uh, crinkle cut fries. (laughs) Like this. Your GM might have that in mind. And so in that way, spending your time and energy researching something that's a pipe dream almost in retrospect feels stupid. At least when you have things going on outside of this, doesn't it? Yeah, Chris, you're busy enough outside of here. You're no longer scouring the internet for every scrap of free agency rumor and every postulation. I you also find, right? don't give a damn. There's that. There's that too. I used to be like that, and I respect the guys who do the work to try to bring this all up. But I just, I, I. The picture hasn't completed itself yet as to what the free agent pool looks like.
2: That's why we have them on, so we don't have <laughs>
1: this to do is the legwork. Shh! You're saying the quiet thing out loud. Don't tell them this. Oh, no, no. We believe in honest radio. Just like in draft season, when we bring in experts to come do a lot of the heavy lifting.
2: And we do our own mocks. And by our own mocks, I mean just me.
1: Our own mocks? You mean I get drunk and mock you? here <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> Make fun of your haircut. Oh, God. You're going to be a married man when the draft rolls around this year. Yeah. You have, you have no idea how much I'm looking forward to that.
2: Also, we won't be a part of any draft party. I'll be somewhere else.
1: Somewhere?
2: Where? Where? I'm going to be going to Helium to see Joe List and to whore myself out to get him into this room that we sit in. You want
1: to show him the studio be like, listen.
2: Uh, No, I want him to record. uh, Do you want to do a mindful metal jacket? Who's opening for you? We'll do a mindful (laughs) metal jacket. I've got sure SM7Bs. I got four cameras. I got studio lights. I got everything. It's just... You're like, please, just come do a podcast. Yeah, it's me trying to suck his dick in podcast form.
1: You know you're going to have to bleed that out. That's hilarious. No, we'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> here goes Chris. It's like, oh, Chris, we should monetize YouTube. Nah, you can't score on yelling things like that. Yeah. You could have said anything else. You could have used a thousand other terms of phrase. I love... Get herpes from Joe List. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, now that would... See, that's funny. That's comedy. Comedy. So, what I look at here, just... D- what are we doing well first of all the pool for free agency keeps getting deeper and it's going to continue over the next week week and a half maybe even two weeks as teams kind of come up with their conscience chris i want to do do me a favor just google nfl transactions and put it up here on this monitor for me see this is the time of year where teams are looking going who's a player who's a veteran a vested veteran who we don't have to, we know they won't there'll be no waiver implications. We give them our best and final early. And if they say no, we cut them so that they can go find work somewhere else. And we can get some much needed cap relief. You're seeing this now right here. Hang on. Whoa, 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 right there. Terminations. 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 And here we go. So over the course of the last two weeks, It started with Mitch Trubisky.
2: Hey, how are we going to break this to Paul Wineski? A.J.
1: McCarron's been cut. Yes, (laughs) A.J. McCarron got cut by the Bengals. I didn't even know he was on an NFL roster. So A.J. McCarron was cut. Then last week... Cody White here and Eddie Jackson, now it made, we actually joked about it on the podcast, how the two of them got cut and somehow they were about to account for almost $30 million with the cap space combined. That's just poor contract structure. Whoever did that's an idiot. But they get cut and now you have these players back out there in the fold. It's interesting, right? Because all the free agency positions people are trying to make postulations about, aren't taking into account the fluid dynamics of NFL free agency and how volatile some of these situations are. Like, there's cornerback needy teams out there who are already discussing the probability. Like, hey, is there any chance we could get a Jalen Johnson? We know that he was, you know, we know what happened with him in Chicago. We know that LeJarious Sneed, We know that Kansas City loves him. Will they let him see the market, given what they've got going on with Chris Jones? Will we have a chance to offer him? And if so, if we get that, what do we do, knowing that they're going to have an appetite to keep him? And all of these conversations, despite the fact that neither is likely to leave their current team. Beyond that, there's a bunch of scheme-specific players of varying age out there. And yet now there's talk that Zavian Howard of the Dolphins might get released this offseason for cap considerations. There's also Tracy Walker getting released from the Lions. Vested veteran, all of them are going to clear waivers and just be an unconditional free agent the moment that they're cut. Even if your GM isn't strongly considering Howard or Walker as an option, The NFL is a game of musical chairs, Chris, and now every team that was going to be in the cornerback market is going to say to themselves, "Okay, two names just got thrown into the pool. So if you were a guy who, based on the advice of your pro personnel scouts, were already looking at some lower rung players saying, hey, there's this guy might be a hidden gem. This guy might be the next John Brown. You all remember we talked about this in our last podcast. John Brown, before the Buffalo Bills signed him, was a once-upon-a-time 1,000-yard wide receiver. Second year in the NFL, he hits 1,000 yards, and then injuries and some other things pop up, and he struggles to ever get back to that kind of form again. So the Bills were able to get him. He has a good year with the Ravens, which kind of shows you, like, hey, I dug my way out. I'm on the upswing again, and the Bills get him for about $8 million a year for on a two-year deal. And his first year in Buffalo, he's a thousand yard receiver. Like that was 2019. That was the year that we made the playoffs with Josh Allen. Josh Allen's first playoff run. We also brought in Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, a player who had up and down production and was kind of a malcontent in Dallas. And everyone said, oh, he's a veteran guy, but who cares? Production, this and that. We bought low and cashed out high on both players. So if you're a GM who's looking to do that with the current pool of free agents, when you see things like this, what it does is you say, OK, well, now there's more road because somebody's going to sign that. It's a game of musical chairs. There's only so many jobs. Somebody will sign Tracy Walker. Somebody will sign Xavier Howard, who might have been looking at the lower rung guy that I wanted all along. And maybe if I have by virtue of what my cap says I can spend, maybe I have to be cheap. I still have the ability to be cheap and still come out with a player who can be really effective for me. Like You can see a world where that happens, right, Chris? Yeah. Got it. So in that way, there's some positions of need that Buffalo, I don't know, there's transfusions of talent coming. And well, maybe not directly tied to anything Buffalo is going to do, it changes the landscape. You know, people are already talking about Jeremy Chin and Kyle Duggar. How those were two safeties everybody loved in that draft. They were, I want to say, Chris, was Kyle Duggar a first-round draft pick? I feel like maybe he was a second. Seems like he was. I'll pull it up. Out of Len, Lenoir Rhine. Maybe.
2: Second-round pick, 37th overall. What college? Lenore Ryan.
1: There we go. See, I know what I'm talking about.
2: He is from Decatur, Georgia, where I lived in the town next to Decatur.
1: Look at you. So, everybody's talking about Jeremy Chin in Buffalo, Kyle Duggar in Buffalo. It's like these are nice things. Those are high end players. They were drafted in the first round for a reason. They played for bad teams and ultimately didn't find a lot of success and now they're going to be back out there on the street as free agents. But it's worth noting that the safety group just got two veteran additions and Adrian Phillips and Eddie Jackson who were recently released by the Patriots and bears. So now some team is going to look out there and go, you know, Eddie Jackson was a two time pro bowler roll tide and he's maybe he's more valuable Than the high upside, low cost guy that we were maybe gonna roll the dice on, he's more of a proven commodity. Some team out there can talk themselves into that. Now that doesn't mean the Bills have to be that team, but it means that that's one more chair that gets taken off the board, and now there's not another team out there looking for a safety that they think they can make a starter. And you say, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't need the best guy. What I need is good enough for my coach who's pretty adept at coaching up DBs to make work. And so you watch this churn and it's interesting when you just keep throwing bodies into it, the safety position. Well, you guys can marry yourselves to whoever you want in free agency or in the run up to this. It's changing <laughs> and the picture is going to continue to change. And so I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Then you look at the defensive tackle market. Lawrence Guy, now, he wasn't a world beater, but he was a veteran that they kept around for an extra year. And he kind of made it known, like, look, I'm not going to stick around if you're not going to give me a, a fair free agency deal. He had a down year, but some of that might be, Chris, you know how that works. Like, yeah. oh, hey, you're not going to give me a long-term deal when I asked for it? Knowing my free agency season's coming up, like it's almost T. Higgins esque. (laughs) Like, all right, then I'm just going to get through this year with no injuries and hit free agency and see what happens because coach GMs watch the tape. They don't give a shit about pro football focus. You've just thrown another veteran defensive tackle into a market that, like, if I were to go to, like, if I were to go right now and look at the defensive tackle market. Chris, you want to do me a favor? Open up a sec, sec, separate tab on this. Free agent tracker over at Spotrack. Yeah, there's names out here. <laughs> like, there are names on defense available for this. Sorry for the lull. We're just waiting here for pages to load, and ultimately whiskey is uh, it's a hell of a thing. So with that in mind, <clears throat> you're talking about a team in the Buffalo Bills who you know is... Uh, like we're losing a ton of snaps along the defensive line. We're a team that's going to have to make decisions based on... Because, Chris, we can't go into the... like Right now, if you go to our lads, I'll pull it up. But if you go to our lads and you take a look at what we have, our lads, Bills, what you're going to find... Yeah, don't you pull, see, look, at. I love having my own Jamie. My own Jamie Vernon over here. And I'd like to say you do have better hair than him, even though I hate I hate what you I've have never called.
2: seen a picture, of JMO.
1: I'm not gonna lie, he's pretty homely. He's a pretty homely dude. It's a, I would stay behind the camera too if I looked like that. Uh, when you scroll down, look at what we have on the defensive line. Look at all that orange. That it means was, guys that aren't coming. Those back. are guys who are not under contract. <laughs> so we have Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, and Jonathan
0: Kingsley under contract right now. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's wild.
1: Like, I hate to burst the bubble of all the people who are yeah, screaming for a wide receiver in the first round. <sighs> <laughs> just based on the just based on the the cap numbers, the what we have here on the roster, I don't know, guys. This is a it's a tough look. So realistically, if you're a team that's going to be in the market for some cheap depth on the defensive line, it helps every time a guy like Lawrence Guy gets cut and added to this list. It also helps when you see a guy like Dequan Jones be ranked like the like tenth best interior defensive lineman out of all interior defensive linemen and free agency, that helps, right? Like, that's a good thing for you because it it allows you to say, hey, all these other teams are going to spend their money on the high end, guys. Everyone else is going to circle, and realistically, these guys are going to look around and go, who can I win a ring with, especially the veteran ones? I'm sure that we can find – we talked Linville Joseph into joining our team. He skipped training camp two years in a row because he goes, look, I'm old. I don't want the mileage on my body, but I want to go play with a team I think could win a Super Bowl. And he joined Buffalo. It's not inconceivable that Linville Joseph ends up on a short list of guys who comes back in the middle of next year. It's not inconceivable Puna Ford ends up back in Buffalo. It's just about price tag, but it's nice knowing you have all these bodies and all these relationships you've cultivated. And every team that cuts a guy like Lawrence Guy or if you're in the if you're looking for a guy to replace David Edwards, you know cheap, cheap line depth that you just maybe you can pay him a million something a year. The Rams just cut a guy who had started 32 games for them at center over the last few years. It's not the worst idea in the entire world. There are going to be guys out there who who are going to matter in the big picture of free agency, even if it's just to push things down to you there's also like when you talk about upcoming cuts you have to take into account that there are going to be some star players who don't want to be franchise tagged whose team can't keep them who can't won't renegotiate their contract and will not negotiate an extension to be you have to either put them on the market let them go Or you have to release them if they're under contract and allow them to hit the market because you know that it's not viable long term. There's two people today. The Athletic put out an article about 30, a player for each team who could be a cap cut. It's worth mentioning that both starting running backs out of the AFC North, Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb are on this list. Chris, what have we learned about running backs over the years? You can get them anywhere. Not just anywhere, but also paying them is kind of pointless, isn't it? Correct. <clears throat> that shows up in the work if you take a look at the history of the franchise tag, which is the other thing that will inevitably change the, sh- the the landscape and shape of free agency. Now, I think we all got used to the fact that the franchise tag it used to seem like a no-brainer, didn't it, Chris? Like You'd look at a list of free agents and go, well, it doesn't matter because that guy's not going to make it. And that guy's not going to make it, and this player won't make it to free agency, and it doesn't really matter. Like We lived in that world for a long time. Yeah. Anybody who was worth a shit, who was about to be a free agent that they couldn't negotiate, wasn't it Vincent Jackson, the wide receiver for the Chargers? He got franchise tagged and actually sat out all of the games necessary to like bypass the tag and then played. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Oh, no, he sat out the minimum amount that he could without his co- like to where his contract wasn't going to toll if he didn't start playing. So then he joined him after, like, week eight. They didn't make the playoffs. And then the next year he was with the Buccaneers. So it's like, if you're the Chargers, why would you franchise tag a guy who doesn't want to be here? And he's made it clear he wants to go to free agency and you're going to stand in his way. That almost seems like poor management, doesn't it? Oh, yeah realistically, now, what the tag has become is a mechanism for extended runway to negotiate a deal. It's no longer a matter of, well, we want you for one more year. The fact that the Chiefs just did it to Chris Jones is wild because it hasn't worked recently. If you look at the history, I go back. It's the, First of all, the usage is in decline. Fifteen players in 2020 were franchise-tagged. Fifteen. Eleven of them failed to negotiate an extension with the team that tagged them. In 2022, only eight players were tagged. Almost half that number. Four of those. Now, that number became 50%. Four of those players got contract extensions. The following year, in 2023, six players were tagged. Again, Chris, you see this incremental... Reduction in the number of franchise tags. Three of those six received extensions. It's clear that this went from being a thing that you just do to a thing that you do because you genuinely believe I can get an extension done with that player. I just need more time. (laughs) And almost it's punitive. Like, I'm going to make you sit out through the free agency period till there's no one left for you for you to sign with if you want that long-term deal you got to come talk to me it's shrewd but it's NFL science it's NFL math it's how they've collectively bargained this thing and until the players association can figure out how to get away how to do away with it this is what we have now there's a massive risk to doing this thing of like, hey, I need more runway. Let me tag a guy and get out there. T. Higgins knew that his free agency season was coming. Some of it's health related, some of it's not. He just had one of his worst pro seasons. Just as free agency was looming. Sometimes you question whether the player is making business decisions, right?
2: Like Zach Moss?
1: Like Zach Moss. (laughs) Remember when he said that? Like, I'm gonna make players make business decisions. He had his best pro year. He didn't do year. that
2: here, he did it in Indianapolis.
1: He had his best pro year. Took him a couple seasons, but he finally figured it out. And sometimes for running backs, there's a there's a learning curve. We're seeing that with we're seeing that with James Cook. Year one, we were all left unimpressed. Year two, you're looking at this guy going, Oh, he's quietly, at least according to the analytics, one of the better running backs in football what will he be in year 3 who knows there could be something huge on the horizon for that kid could be the same way with T Higgins but we don't know now that impacts the bills because the bills are going to be a wide receiver team we're going to be out there kind of picking through what the market is remember last year we got down to the stretch <clears throat> post draft and there was a ton of a ton of veteran linebackers on the market and, and Brandon Bean was like, no, I'm confident. We, we 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 don't need to go to market. We've got the guys here in the building. And I called bullshit on that. Turns out we had some guys. Turns out we had some guys. With that said, I don't think we can say the same thing for wide receiver, can we?
2: No. Well, there. there's a thing that I'm like most wide receiver for me most interested spot because it's the amount of free agents that are in the pool coupled with the draft class. So how many teams are factoring out? I'm not going to go to free agency for a wide receiver because I feel like this guy is going to do like the teams that are going, I can get the same type of production and same style of play. If, out of uh, somebody like a Gabe Davis, but I can find that in the draft. So I'm just not going to sign Gabe Davis. We touched
1: on it in our last show. Gabe Davis is going to be a case study in where the NFL is headed in terms of wide receiver production. Now, if you want to go to that free agent tracker, throw that up there for me and filter it for wide receivers because there's a conversation I want to have. Like, if you're tagging T. Higgins and he goes on to flop, let's say he plays under the tag and you don't get a deal done. He flops. <laughs> you as a GM are going to get crushed on both sides. You're going to get killed in on-field production. You're going to get killed versus in terms of your cap number because that's a, that's a missed opportunity. And there's opportunity costs in every single signing. And then you're also going to get crushed by the media. That's just a bad place to be. It's a mistake if you step in it. Now, it, it worked for Chris Jones and the Chiefs. But who's the last team that you remember being a winner in a situation where they franchise-tagged a player? Mm, I I'm talking just from the team. Never mind the player, just the team. I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Did they come out? like I think about the, like the Kirk Cousins saga with the Redskins, where they kept franchise-tagging him, and he's like, no, I'm not signing a deal. <laughs> so they tagged him a second time. And then they traded him to Minnesota, and he was like, no, I'll sign a contract, but it has to be fully guaranteed. I'll sign a short deal, fully guaranteed. And they did it, and it worked-ish for both sides. I mean, they made the playoffs, although Case Keenum sent him on their deepest playoff run. So
2: I'm I'm looking at the Spotrack free agency by wide receivers. Mm -hmm. The one thing that stands out for me in all of this is how many people on this list
1: are age 26 to 29? Well, why don't you filter it and figure it out? So go up to the top there, click that button, and sort it. Bang. There is a lot of old players, currently NFL free agents. Why so is receivers. Matthew Slater still well, here's listed? Go, go, go to all types. Here's what you do. Here's how to filter this a little bit better. Scroll up. All types, of UFA. Because that means that those guys have, now you're talking about veteran players who are going to get it. Yeah, now resort that. There you go. So hang on, scroll up to the top. Matthew Slater at 38 years old is not signing with anybody. <laughs> we know he's done. Randall Cobb is still out there. <laughs> Marquise, former Buffalo Bill Marquise Goodwin, 33.2 years old. Chris, right now, one, two, three, four, five, just quick math, I'm probably looking at fourteen names all over the age of thirty who are free agents.
2: Yeah, but like look at the
1: Look at all the twenty eight year olds, the twenty nine year olds. Ridley,
2: Josh Reynolds, Kendrick Bourne, Berrios, Trent Shirtfield, Curtis Samuel, Van Jefferson. It's
1: almost like the NFL realized <clears throat> we're better off going young because Wide receivers have become more portable into the NFL than they were
2: It's almost like wide receivers are becoming the new running back when it comes to pay.
1: Well, I'm happy you said that because I then thought it would be interesting to look at the types of players who got tagged over the course of the years. And it's really interesting to see the evolution of this. 2019, six franchise tags were given out. Five defensive linemen and a kicker. <laughs> that was it. Those are the only players tagged. All of them landed contract extensions. Because I think people recognize that defensive linemen have value. Kickers, if you're Robbie Gould. Like, Robbie Gould quietly might have been the gold standard for kickers in the NFL in terms of. Lo- like, everyone likes to point to Adam Vinatieri. Robbie Gould.
2: Well, Chicago got a long
1: got, time with high-end production.
2: Chicago got rid of him and then he was with San Francisco for like at least 5 years.
1: And then didn't want to be with San Francisco and they were like, "Well, we're going to tag you whether you like it or not." <laughs> we're going to tag a kicker. <laughs> we know you're good. You don't get to quit on me. I'm tagging you. All of them got contract extensions. 2020. Four edge players and two defensive tackles got tagged. Chris Jones was the only player out of that group to get extended, and the Chiefs that year were the only team to tag one besides Baltimore who made the divisional round of the playoffs. Remember when we beat them here in Buffalo? Yeah. The uh, Lamar Jackson interception in the red zone to Teron Johnson? Yeah, that was Matthew Judon's last year with Baltimore. They franchise tagged him for that. Like, they were the only ones. Everybody who else who franchise tagged a defensive lineman didn't make the playoffs. It's funny because that stopped happening after that. <laughs> you stopped seeing defensive linemen get the franchise tag after that, at least by and large. Not in huge numbers like that. I mean, that was two years in a row. What is that, 10? 10? 11, 12. That's 12 defensive linemen in 2 years, and then after that you'd be hard-pressed to find 3 defensive linemen who got franchise tagged after that point. There was only it's funny, Chris, there was only two one-wide receiver and one tight end in 2020 who got tagged. Hunter Henry and AJ Green. Both of them just fell apart. Neither was useful. In 2022, of the eight players that got tagged, five were a wide receiver or a tight end, and two were offensive tackles. So there was no defensive tagging anymore. They, they did away with that. They said, listen, we'll, we'll find defenders. But at the same time wide receivers, players who score, we need them. We need to maintain those players on our rosters. Guys who protect our quarterback's blindside, we need to we need those guys. So we tag them and we try to negotiate extensions. In 2023, the three tagged players out of the six who didn't get extensions were all running backs. All of them. Barkley, Pollard, and Jacobs. And it's like the you can see when you look at it How GMs think and how the evolution of thought regarding the usage of franchise tags has kind of come to be. They go, listen, we all have done the thing where we tagged uh, a Bud Dupree or some some pass rusher that we thought mattered, and it didn't work. It didn't make us a good team. It just spent a ton of our money, more so than we needed to. We could have had it even if that player was good. He wasn't enough to actually change the game. So he's not worth tagging then. I might as well save that cap money and spend it somewhere else, generally on offense. They figured out that tagging wide receivers was a good idea. And they said, wait a minute, we're going to tag these wide receivers. Devontae Adams getting tagged and then traded. Tagging a wide receiver and then negotiating a a long-term agreement. It happened multiple times last season. Then, or over the last two years, I should say. And then... Last year, everyone goes, look at these running backs. Chris signing up for big dollar contracts. Yeah? Nah, those teams were like, no, we rent you. We're renting you for a year and there's nothing you can do about it. We're not re-signing you because it's stupid to pay running backs. There's a reason Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb are on this week's list from The Athletic of players who could be cut for cap considerations. Because you shouldn't be paying that position. Nick Chubb is amazing. No one's no one's saying that Nick Chubb isn't a talent. What we're saying is, if you build your offense around that guy by giving him a long-term contract, if you take Saquon Barkley, who we all know is a rare talent at the running back position, and you pay him, You are skewing everything else that you should be doing in this era of offense in the NFL. And so with that, you get to see the thought process that's going through GM's heads. They're recognizing the fact that if you have a star-wide receiver, you keep him. So for all of you people who are talking about getting rid of Stephon Diggs, not only is it not happening, but it wouldn't happen even if it was possible. I think you would still be smart enough to hang on to a star-wide receiver. I also would, even if we had the cap room, I don't think you would see them tagging a Gabe Davis based on the logic I've kind of laid out over the last 20 minutes.
2: Doesn't make sense.
1: And then also, like, they've, but it's a recognition that running backs have no value and pass catchers are incredibly valuable if you have a, like, a good one. If you think he's mediocre, you let him go and you see what what else you can get because the draft is constantly bringing you playmakers. It's constantly bringing you guys that cost you nothing for the first four seasons. It's it's shrewd, but it's business. I don't expect the Bills to use a franchise tag at all this year, Chris. I, I think you'd be a lunatic when you're under the cap to use a tag.
2: If they were going to use it, who would be the most likely?
1: There's not a single player. There's not a single player set to leave the Buffalo Bills right now. Like, like I said, our leds, looking at the chart, just looking at all of our free agents, I don't even care about the cap implications. Just at a high level, there is not a single player leaving the roster that I would say, you know what? I would spend whatever the cap number is to bring that guy back. There just isn't. But that's good. That's good because it means that we've reached a point with our roster where you know who the talent is. They've already paid the talent. The talent, like we don't have a Tremaine Edmonds situation like we did last year. Remember that old conversation where they're like, well, who are they going to let walk? Milano or Edmonds? What's going to happen? Well, we didn't have to wait to find out. They just let Edmonds walk. (laughs) <laughs> they were like, no, we're not going to tag you. You you earned the right to test free agency.
2: and he had a great season in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Did anyone see it? It's almost like that thing. If a tree, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, if a linebacker has a good season and is bigger in you know, you know, a three win football team,
2: dude, you did know it how you know how I didn't know that he was worth a shit hmm. because. EJ Snyder is a is a person that we follow and I can't come on our show. Yeah, I can't recall a a tweet that he sent out that oh God Edmonds because he's a Bears fan. True. I I don't recall him tweeting
1: anything about Edmonds during the season. It's almost like he didn't make the impact they thought he was going to but they had the money but they had the money to get him and now they've got themselves a shiny new linebacker I'd rather be where we are with our current roster construction than in that conversation. Yes, we will have a lot of heavy lifting to do. And I think that tags will not play as much of a role this year as they have in previous years. I think that that number will probably stay flat. I would be shocked if maybe six. I think it's going to be under. I would take the under on six franchise tags being handed out over the next week. I mean, we're already, you know, there's one week right, to apply the tag, March 5th or two weeks. Right now, there's been no talk. All these people who they go, well, the Higgins could get the tag and this but Maybe we get to the 11th hour and those teams think they're close and they place the tag. But realistically, I I mean, I just don't see anything out here. I mean, when you take a look at who the best, who, who the biggest and brightest are out there on the free agent market, Maybe it's Josh Allen, you know, the pass rusher for the Jaguars. But I think that we've already learned teams, or at least smart GMs, have learned not to do that with defensive linemen because they're not the reason you're going to win a Super Bowl. T. Higgins, now maybe he's the thing, and they go, listen, with Joe Burrow coming back healthy, if we can keep the wide receiver band together for one more year, make another run, retool the defensive line, we're going to be fine. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the track. Right, Chris? That makes the most sense out of any tag situation. But there's going to be a ton of guys. Brian Burns, Justin Mandibuke. I'm just going down the list here. LeJarius Sneed, Michael Pittman. There's not a lot of tags that are going to get thrown around, which means this might be one of the most wide-open free agent pools, both because teams are skewing towards the draft, trying to be savvy while there's a growing cap, and and also I think the NFL has become a league of haves and have nots. There's a bunch of teams that have quarterbacks who can compete in any single game, regardless of who's hurt, who's in, who's out. Josh Allen could go out there with a twenty eighteen roster. Like he could go out there with Robert Foster and what, Chuck Clark? <laughs> what, what the fuck is his name? Chuck Who? Chuck Clark's his safety. Chuck uh, Woolery. Chuck Clay. I love that you pulled that out of your ass. Charles Woolery, I love you. He could go out there with Charles Clay, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, and put on a show right now with how good he is. If you don't live in that world, you know, the, the Chiefs have done it for the last two seasons, but they don't need a star receiver. They need a couple good players and one guy who they can kind of go to in moments of need. The Bills already have that. They could choose to go cheap, and it wouldn't kill them. They could still be competitive because of who they have a quarterback. Any team that doesn't have one of those five guys has no choice but to spend on all of these other guys. And yet it's a game of musical chairs. There will be a guy like Noah Brown. There will be a guy like Keelan Doss. There's gonna be a Van Jefferson. There's gonna be a Juwan Winfrey. There's gonna be guys like Daniil Hunter who are old enough that teams probably don't want to give him the moon. It's it, like there's a weird mix of things happening where every GM who goes, listen, I'm gonna spend a little bit and I'm gonna invest in the draft because I have to, I have to have a ton of talent to make up for the fact that I don't have a quarterback. The draft is in vogue. Franchise tags are out. I just feel like this makes things better for Buffalo, doesn't it? If you're planning on being a bargain shopper in free agency this year, based on who, the way your cap lines up, you maybe don't have to be aggressive and can still come away with players who can play a role for you. And realistically, that's probably what you need, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm really interested to see how this shakes out over the next week. And by the time we get back here next Thursday, I'll be willing to have some free agency conversation and some talk with Paul Wineski about our salary cap space. And I've got a little bit of a devil's advocate to spin for people. Because this entire idea that I've been pounding the table for and that I've kind of been laying the groundwork here for tonight – is that you don't have to be a major player in free agency in order to be good when you have a quarterback like we have. When you have an offensive line that's cohesive and has depth and they're already all under contract. When you have a running back who's doing what he's doing. When you have a tight end. When you have two tight ends that you chose to pay, one of them.
2: Running back and tight end on a rookie deal.
1: You have things. If you can leverage those things... It could allow you to operate in a way that might make your future a little bit brighter if you're a shrewd man. I can't wait to have that conversation with Paul because I guarantee you he has not had a cap conversation like this in his entire life. Until then, we gotta get out of here. Thank you for showing up each and every week. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. This has been your Rock Power Report.